In 2015, discussions began among key researchers in the field of stroke rehabilitation and recovery. This resulted in the Stroke Recovery and Rehabilitation Roundtable, who met in Philadelphia in the USA and resulted in the publication of six papers in the International Journal of Stroke and Neurorehabilitation and Neural Repair Journals. We are now in the second roundtable and things are heating up significantly in the rehabilitation and recovery space. The second published SRRR series incorporates themes of cognitive impairment, knowledge translation, and exemplar of a next generation of stroke recovery treatment trials recommendations, kinematic and kinetic movement quantification. Second Stroke Recovery and Rehabilitation Roundtable's Metrics Task Force developed consensus around the recognized need to add kinematic and kinetic movement quantification to its core recommendations for standardized measurements of sensory motor recovery in stroke trials. Specifically, this group focused on measurement of the quality of upper limb movement. The group came to agreement on the recommended protocols for measurement, which should be conceptually rigorous, reliable, valid, and responsive to change. The task force is urging the clinical and research community to consider adopting these recommendations. The recommended measurement protocols include four performance assays, 2D planner reaching, finger individuation, grip strength, and precision grip at body function level and one functional task, which is a 3D drinking task at activity level that addresses body function and activity respectively. The paper, Standardized Measurement of Quality of Upper Limb Movement After Stroke, a consensus-based core recommendations from the second Stroke Recovery and Rehabilitation Roundtable, describes the criteria for assessment and makes recommendations about the type of technology that should be used for reliable and valid movement capture. Standardization of kinematic measurement protocols will allow pooling of participant data across sites thereby increasing sample size, aiding meta-analysis of published trials, more detailed exploration of recovery profiles, the generation of new research questions with testable hypotheses, and the development of new treatment approaches focused on impairment. I'm Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and I spoke to Dr. Hurt Quackle from the Department of Neurorehabilitation, the Rehabilitation Centre, Reed in Amsterdam and the Netherlands. Uh, my name is uh, Gert Kwakkel. I'm working at uh, Amsterdam University Medical Center um, at the Department of uh, Rehabilitation uh, Medicine and also at the Department of Neurorehabilitation uh, of the Rehabilitation Center Reade in the Netherlands. Thank you so much, Hurt. So I see in the paper that you've got to focus on kinematics and kinetics. And I was wondering if before we begin, you could actually describe the difference between the two. Yeah, the kinetics are more related uh, with uh, the forces that is going on and the kinematics are more related uh, with the movements and the angles um, that is changing and the position is changing. Um, and we combine it mostly by saying, or we're talking about biomechanics. 
And that's that's interesting. So how do you then connect it to the movements that relate to the upper limb on the quality of movement, I guess, in a person post-stroke, which I suspect is what you're looking at next. And um, I guess then we can also move into some of the recommendations that your group has made in terms of these definitions. Yeah, there's an important question. The reason why we're doing this is that, that we are not able to measure quality of movements just by uh, clinical outcomes. Um, and every time when patients are improving with, for example, the upper limb, you may ask what, where I'm looking at uh, in this uh, recovery. Is this something to do with um, behavioral restitution uh, and true neurological repair? Or is there something related with that patients are better able to compensate for their deficits uh, using the end effectors in a different way? Um, and both are probably going on when patients are recovering. Um, but it's, it's really important to distinguish and to delineate these uh, two from each other in order to understand what patients exactly learn when they show um, motor improvement and upper limb improvement uh, after stroke. So in order to measure quality of movement, then you need kinetics, kinematics, longitudinally, and with that, then you are able uh, to uh, understand what's really true neurological repair and what is really driven uh, by uh, learning uh, compensation strategies in the distance patient. So how do you test the quality of movement? We're testing the quality of movement and this is not an, a consensus on, for example, there are more than 150 different uh, metrics uh, used in the literature and there are more than 250 papers published in the past. So if we like to measure quality of movement in terms of behavioral restitution and using compensation strategies, then it's important to say, okay, uh, these are performance essays for measuring true neurological repair, um, and these are the tests that we are asking patients in order to measure functional uh, recovery. And so what we did, we first gave a lot of definitions. What is motor control? What's behavioral restitution? And what's compensation? And what is motor control? And subsequently, we divide a, a four different uh, behavioral essays in order to test true neurological repair and recovery in the sense of recovery of neurological impairment. And doing this, um, we divide uh, in this uh, paper to the uh, reaching task, in which uh, patients ask to uh, reach forward, um, but the trunk is uh, constrained and uh, trying to move uh, with the arm in a uh, 70 degree sense, abduction and uh, elevation, and to move the hand uh, forward in order to look at the performance that these patients are able to do just by this uh, reaching with the arm selectively. And subsequently, we defined the finger inflammation and finger inflammation in order to test how patients are able to selectively activate the 
different uh, fingers as reflection also for this corticospinal integrity. And we did do ask in this uh, to behavioral performance essay also the grip strength and the pinch strength by using a dynamometer. And we standardized this um, in order to be sure that everybody is doing in the same way. And subsequently, at more at activity level, we defined a uh, drinking task. And this uh, drinking task in which patients have to perform a drinking task with a unilateral arm at the unilateral side and um, doing this in a, a number of repetitions um, in order to see how patients are compensating during, during this uh, drinking task. So what would you identify as a key message of the metric group? At least there's an urgent need to measure quality of movement of stroke recovery rehabilitation trials to understand what uh, patients exactly learn and how to improve uh, their upper limb capacity early post-stroke. Um, and for this, we recommend to use these 2D racing essays, finger innovation, pinch and grip strength, uh, longitudinally in order to understand what patients exactly learn um, with in terms of behavioral restitution. And um, also to use this uh, functional task in a repeated longitudinal way uh, to understand how the end effectors are used in a different way when doing in this standardized uh, task. Uh, we recommend to do this uh, next to the uh, clinical uh, outcomes because these clinical outcomes are not able to capture uh, this, um, um, uh, to capture uh, these uh, behavioral essays. Uh, and, and to capture the quality of uh, movement. And I think this is um, important for the bioengineers um, in order to better understand what patients learn um, for better designing uh, robotics. And at this moment, we know that limb robotics, for example, is not really influencing uh, neural repair. And in fact, um, there is no evidence at this moment uh, that there's any interaction between exercise therapy and this uh, neural repair. Uh, we have to show this, and this is also important for people who are interested in brain reorganization and brain imaging um, in order to understand what does it mean when we observe phenotonial changes, for example, in fMRI, um, uh, in relation with um, neural repair um, or is this just reflecting uh, something with uh, using compensation strategies? Um, so I, I think um, uh, this uh, core set um, in line with the first uh, consensus meeting in which we recommend a couple of uh, clinical outcomes should, should go together uh, in uh, repeat measurement designs um, in which patients are longitudinally followed at fixed times uh, post-stroke um, in order to understand uh, how recovery occurs in stroke patients. We've covered quite a lot. Before I let you go, though, I just wanted to quickly have a little bit of a chat about the recommended motion capture equipment. I know that's quite interesting to people. Would you be able to go through that a little bit, just explain what the metric task force agreed on this front? 
Yeah, there's, there's an important point. We think that this equipment by using wearables is not in the um, state that is really um, able to capture these fine-grained uh, movements um, by using accelerometers or uh, inertial measurement uh, devices. Um, so we recommend to use um, um, high-fidelity systems, Octotrack and Viking, um, in order to capture um, these kind of uh, movements. Um, maybe in the, in the next future that the systems are better, um, in particular the wireless uh, systems, um, but currently we recommend to use just uh, high-fidelity optotrack motion systems um, as the best uh, way to follow these patients. And I, we also agreed uh, that maybe we should restrict these quality of movement and following these uh, patients longitudinally in time should be restricted to centers of excellence that are able to, to deal and um, having uh, experience uh, in this field. You need movement scientists um, in order to, to do it in the right way. Um, um, and saying this, uh, so we are really strong at this moment um, focused on doing this uh, with high fidelity motion systems. Um, we cheers for the drinking uh, ta task as a performance task, also for because we have uh, normative uh, values. And um, Dr. Alt um, Murphy um, did investigate this uh, drinking task um, very intensive. In, and published a lot about this. And so we have a normative values for the right and the left arm um, and also for different uh, age groups. And this is uh, published online on the International Journal of Stroke as well. Um, we put also online the definitions um, that we are using for motor control, for uh, quality of movement, what we understand, and for behavioral recovery. Um, and the factors and so on. Excellent. Um, so um, online we have also a lot of um, uh, additional information that is going on and also at the timing of uh, using these uh, quality of measurements uh, uh, post-stroke uh, in line with uh, the, uh, the clinical uh, outcomes um, which we had consensus on in the first uh, round of this um, uh, recovery and rehabilitation round the table uh, task force. You've been listening to a podcast interview with Carmen Leif Jenkins, Managing Editor of the International Journal of Stroke, and Dr. Gert Quackle from the Department of Neurorehabilitation, Rehabilitation Centre, Riyadh in Amsterdam, the Netherlands. Speaking about the paper's standardised measurement of quality of upper limb movement after stroke, which is a consensus-based core recommendations from the second stroke recovery and rehabilitation roundtable, which is a part of a set of five papers published in the International Journal of Stroke and Neurorehabilitation and Neural Repair on the SRRR2 series, each with an accompanying podcast. The International Journal of Stroke is the flagship publication of the World Stroke Organization. Please do consider becoming a member and help us 
to fight the global burden of stroke.